babies don't come with a manual. But today, there are thousands of books and experts to help guide you when you have a challenge. The problem is, where do you start? This is Helpline in Focus, where we take a deep dive into topics that we see come up in our regular Helpline episodes. Today, we're talking about sibling sleep with Mothercraft nurse, Leonie Clements. Hi, Leonie. Thank you for having me, Siobhan. It's a pleasure. We're talking about sibling sleep, which is something that I definitely struggled with once I had my second child. I had no idea. I remember saying, oh, why did we think one child child was difficult? Of course, no parent with one child wants to hear that. But when you have the other one come along and often you've got children who are small, you could have, even if you have a four-year gap, you've still got a small child. My daughter was two and a half and I couldn't for the life of me work out how you put a baby to sleep at the same time as a toddler. Like this, it, it, I know it sounds so simple, but it, I just, my brain exploded. Like it can be very challenging, can't it? Yeah, really, really challenging. And, you know, take my hat on to, off to any parent that can do that, you know, straight up, because it is challenging. You're dealing with two little people with lots of needs. So yeah, really, really hard. And I think maybe that's the thing. I just expected that it's sleep. I mean, and we all know as parents with small children and babies that sleep is anything but simple. But you just think, oh, I should baby sleep, toddler sleep. Why can't I work this out? Um, I guess one of the questions I would have uh, from the get-go is whether or not you have an opinion on separate rooms or having siblings together because some people set that up from the beginning they have very set ideas about it we don't all have the choice of course some of us live in smaller places than others but do you have a a preference do you think it's better to keep siblings in separate rooms or together I think um you know I'm I'm quite an advocate for safe co-sleeping so I believe that children need their caregivers close by when you know who the who organization recommends that children are in parents room or you know as close by to their parents as can be for the first 12 months you know and that's a safe sleeping coping um safe sleeping mechanism for parents to respond to their infant's needs and they know from studies that the baby or the infant being close to their parent that's a safeguard that's a safeguard for their airways and their sleeping mechanism. So, you know, I, I am a believer that they, they should be close by. What that setup look like looks like is individual for each family. Every family is individual and everyone's unique and what one family can manage, another one can't. But I think as a society, we need to support parents and, you know, like you already identified, that the expectations. Well, why are these expectations that, you know, this child should sleep or this infant should sleep from the get-go. Why are they there? We need to support new families to say, hey, it's okay and this can be normal behaviour and let's see how we can help you manage this. Let's get stuck into some questions. Uh, Amira says, I have a three-month-old and a 24-month-old and I'm really struggling to get them both to bed at night. They both need some settling and help to get to sleep and get upset if I'm not right there the moment they cry out. 
I seem to be doing a lot of rushing back and forth and it's exhausting and stressful because I want to, I don't want to leave either to cry out, but I can only be in one place at a time. What should I do? Please tell me this gets easier. Yeah, it does get easier. It does get easier. But, you know, what you need to remember, this is just a moment in time. You're three-month-old. It's very little. And to try and get that three-month-old to sleep at the same time as your two-year-old, that's going to be really challenging. Um, So I think, you know, you need to set yourself up and work out what the priority is. Is it settling my three-month-old or is it settling my two-year-old? and decide from then which way you're going to go. If it's going to be the two-year-old, and most, you know, sometimes that will be because two-year-olds can be a lot more vocal and demanding than a three-month-old. So my suggestion would be then to set up your three-month-old so they're safe. So whether that is the sleep, you know, carrying them in a carrier, um, so baby wearing them in a pram, um, you know, you know, a bassinet or wherever they may be sleeping, why you can deal with that two-year-old because that's the, the two-year-old's going to need those boundaries in place. The three-month-old doesn't need that in that moment. This question comes from Jasmine on our Facebook Live. How do you go about transitioning both kids into one room? They are aged 21 months and seven months and I need to stop them from waking each other up. Oh, that's going to be really tricky, Jasmine. Um, yeah, I'm lovely that siblings can share a room. I think that can be a beautiful, beautiful bond. Very tricky in the early days. Um, your seven-month-old is going to wake. That's, that's, you know, they're expected to wake. That's normal development. And so they're going to wake often. Um, you know, they can wake often through the night. And when they wake, they cry. They don't know how to talk yet. So they cry. The 21-month-old's got language. Um, so, you know, you can more reason with that older child than the younger one. Um, I think if you, if you absolutely need to do it, then you, you've obviously got to do it and you do what's right for your family. It would be wonderful if you've got support around doing that. But, again, with your older child, some firm boundaries in place and consistency. So when I talk about boundaries, it's safe and secure boundaries. It's not um, authoritative boundaries by any means because they still need you and you still need to meet their needs, but it's around letting them feel safe and secure and the consistency on how you're putting them to bed and putting them to bed together. I wish you every success with that because that's tricky with a, with a, um, a little infant under 12 months. If they have the opportunity, if um, Jasmine has the opportunity to wait a bit longer before putting them in the same room, um, I'm imagining now that the baby's seven months, maybe she's removing them from the bedroom and putting them into one room. But would there be a easier age to have them both in the same room? I think with, with the, when the two-year-old is a little bit older, so, you know, if you can wait that six to 12 months, that's going to be a game changer because they're so much more mature in their development and their understanding and you can negotiate a little bit as well with them more so than what you could with an under two-year-old, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. If you can hold out, Jasmine, I know it's hard, but maybe it might make it easier in the long run. You might find you're running in there (laughs) for the next six months anyway, right? Uh, you know, they can all, always, Jasmine can always contact on the helpline and they book a consult and seeing what's going on in Jasmine's household can be tailored to her needs. 
Yeah, good point. Uh, the links for that, Jasmine, will be in the notes of the Facebook Live or in the notes of the podcast if you yourself are listening and are interested in booking a one-on-one consult with Leonie. The next question comes from Carlene. She says, we have had our six-month-old sleeping in our bedroom since she was born, but I think now we are starting to disturb her sleep throughout the night because she's begun to wake multiple times each night, which is not ideal. I'd love to move her into her big brother's room, but I'm nervous about this because at three years old, he has really only just <laughs> become a good sleeper himself in the last six months. When is the best time to move siblings together into one room? And do you have any tips to make this move as move as smooth as possible? Well, Carleen, I feel your pain. I really do. I think I'd be keeping this three-year-old separate for a little bit longer if you're able to. This The infant's still going to wake at six months old. I would be looking at um, if... If you're only just noticing the six-month-old waking, what's going on there? You know, I would be looking at that more so than thinking that you're actually waking a six-month-old. I would say the six-month-old is actually waking on their own and maybe that's something that can be addressed itself. And, you know, keeping your three-year-old separate for the little time being if you're able to do that. Again, I think that that could be something that could be dealt with in a um, one-on-one consult um, and really looking at the big picture on, on why you feel this six-month-old's waking a bit more frequently. And remember, they're going through a big growth spurt at this age and they move around lots in their cot and, you know, what they learn during the day, they're practising at night. So all those new skills they're learning of crawling, you know, reaching for different toys, playing, vocals. They all come up in the night when they wake up through their sleep cycle. Is it something that needs to be managed? I'm not sure. You know, depending on what your situation is at home, it might just mean that that baby's just going through that natural sleep cycle and just needs that little bit of time to self-settle. You know, I would have thought the same, exact same thing as what Carleen's written because both my babies were in the room with us and um, for a long time, my first, because we had a one-bedroom apartment and the things that I did because I thought we were waking her up, I remember thinking that I could put a, um, we had like a little sunroom and I thought, okay, well, if she's in the sunroom, she won't hear us as much. So I tried to buy soundproof curtains really (laughs) I know what we do I was very sleep deprived Leone and I was (laughs) I was convinced it would work until one day uh I can't even remember how old she was she was in one of those little sleep suits and um I shut the curtain I thought I'd got her asleep and I walked away and then I hear this thump and I walk back I open the curtain and she's there with her arms outstretched, a look of complete surprise on her face. She must have vaulted over the side of the cot and landed on her two little feet. Oh my <laughs> she had, she was so surprised. I mean, so was I. And after that, I was like, we're back to co-sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> and we've never stopped And She's eight now. So <laughs> that's it. They're not in your bed forever and they're not in your room forever. So you need to parents need to have that understanding it's okay you do what you need to do to get through and if you need that expert help well done for reaching out and asking for it yeah absolutely just follow it I often asked and then (laughs) didn't follow what people said 
Ah, dear. Now, our next question comes from Bonnie. She says, help, my two and a half year old toddler has given up his day sleep entirely. And this has coincided with the arrival of his baby sister eight weeks ago. He desperately still needs that sleep. By the end of each day, he's teary and emotional and might fall asleep in the car if we go anywhere, which is a disaster because then he'll be up till 10 p.m. at night. I have tried to insist on quiet time in his cot in the afternoon, but he gets really upset and just wants to be up with me and the baby. Is there anything I can do to get that day sleep back again? You need that day sleep, Mama. Congratulations on the new baby as well. You definitely need that downtime. You need that day. You need that rest yourself. That you need to look at your toddler and you need to take back some of that control. The toddler's going to demand your attention because it's got this new sibling coming in. And so, you know, that's taking mum's time away. So you need to gain back some of that time and you need to gain back those that boundaries again. And, and you know, you're in control of this. You can make this happen. So you need to take steps back and look for those tired signs in that toddler. And that toddler needs to go down when those tired signs are seen, not when they've gotten beyond it because you get that emotional child at the end of the day which you're experiencing and that's not good for anybody mm-hmm. so yeah take back some control looking at those tired signs putting them down earlier if needed to so you know you might expect that your toddler's going down at, at 12 or 1 and bring it back it might be 10 o'clock in the morning to start with just to get that sleep happening again to catch up on what's happening getting back into that routine. So looking at what's happening before you think your toddler needs to go down, quietening the household down, not stimulating activities. And, you know, start with going into the cot just for that rest period and make it half an hour initially so you feel that you both achieve something. Don't expect a lot to begin with because you're setting yourself up to fail and the child to fail. So, you know, make it, you're going in, it's rest time and it's, you know, you're doing it for half an hour. If you get longer, bonus, fantastic. And remember to praise that little one for going in there, okay. Ignore the whinges and the protests. Certainly see to them if they're getting distressed, but you're being dull and boring when you're going in there and you're you're reiterating to them that message. It's actually time for for rest and mummy's having a rest as well now. Yeah. This question comes from Bonnie. Oh, wait, sorry. That was Bonnie. <laughs> Good luck with that. This one is from Zara. Since bringing our second baby home, our three-year-old has started waking at night again, wanting to be cuddled and soothed. We are both so exhausted with our six-week-old newborn. We've been tucking him into bed with us and he goes straight back to sleep. I do realize that this is just creating a new problem that we're going to have to sort out and I'm not sure what to do. Do you have any tips? Congratulations, Zara, again on your new baby. Look, if this is working for your family at the moment, then go with it. Go with it. You, you know, busy, busy household with a new infant. If you're three-year-old, you know, again, like the, the previous question, they're just wanting that extra attention. You know, somebody new is coming to the house. They want it, there'll be a little bit of jealousy, but they'll also want to be a part of what's going on and being involved. So, you know, if it means tucking your little one into bed with you and getting some sleep, I'd do it. I'd go for it. You can always deal with that later when you've got the energy and the reserves to deal with that at a later stage. But if it's working for your family in the moment, then go with it. You're not creating any 
bad habits. If you want to make changes further down the track, you can deal with that then. Terry says, my four-year-old has become suddenly scared of the dark and wants a nightlight left on and a bedroom door left open, which is fine, except that it seems to be disturbing his younger brother's sleep. Our two-year-old thinks having a light on means it's party time and it's getting really challenging to get him to sleep in anything less than an hour each night. Should we be doing something different to tackle the fear of the dark and the bedtime drama? Yeah, that can be tricky. I'm not sure if they're sleeping in the same room or not. Um, you might want to consider toning down that night light um, to a very, very small, um, you know, plug-in socket light, something like that, just so there's a nice soft glow in the room. And having the door open, you know, this four-year-old needs to feel that security. You know, lots of things happening and they do get scared of the dark at this age and, so, you know, it might be a comforter in their room with them, um, you know, that soft light and the door open. The two-year-old, oh, that's going to be tricky. They Be consistent. I think this is just a phase. The more consistent you are around the bedtime, it might be an hour at the moment. And that, I know that seems a lot, but in the big scheme of things, it's not too bad. Be consistent with it. Remember, dull and boring around sleep time, routine, so quieten the house down have that routine of, you know, is it brushing teeth, drink, story, and then into bed and the consistency of going back in and, you know, it's showing them that the boundaries are set and it's time for sleep. And, you know, the two-year-old will overcome that. I think, again, though, switching up that light. So if, it's, if the two-year-old's thinking it's party time, then it might be too bright. So switching it down a bit or even changing the colour of the globe or whatever you're using or... You know, using a, a light outside of the room might be helpful. Leonie, can I ask, um, with my, um, something someone suggested to me that my husband and I never really got our head around was actually putting the kids to bed at different times, which is what happened when I was a kid, right? We had our... Um, I was the youngest, so I always had to go to bed first. I mean, do you see that as an option, like getting the two-year-old to sleep first without the lights on and then, and sorry, I should also mention, I can't see you anymore on my video. Have you got your video on? I can see you. You can see me. I can. Oh, there you go. No problem. I don't understand technology. Let's get back to sleep. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Would that be an option for children that young? Would that work? I think definitely you can definitely um, put them to bed early and I think they need that as well, you know. The the older child is, you know, they've earned their due to stay up that little bit longer, even if it's just 15 minutes. But the the environment needs to be the same. You can't switch it up. So when the child goes into bed, no matter which child it is, the environment needs to be the same the whole night because when they wake up through those sleep cycles and they wake and the environment has changed, so whether it's gone from light to dark or dark to light, that's a shock. What's going on? And that's going to be stimulating and can be scary. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so this next question comes from uh, Penelope. She says, my, hi, my kids have always shared a bedroom, which has worked well until this year. Now my five-year-old isn't ready for bed when my two-year-old goes to bed. 
at 7 p.m., which means that we are now reading a book and doing the bedtime routine in the living room. The problem is that once he's ready for bed around 7.30 p.m., he wakes my little one up and I have to start the whole bedtime routine again with the toddler. Which is the best way to make this work so that everyone gets to sleep and, and stays asleep at the right time? I think like we were just talking about, you've got this going really well in putting the two-year-old or the younger child to bed earlier. And yeah, you know, stories can be outside of the room. It's about it's about your environment and how you manage that. And again, it needs to be low stimuli at that time of night. The five-year-old, I think, is, you know, starting to want to be in control a little bit here. So I think you need to take some back. You know, you can negotiate with them and there can be consequences for waking, for deliberately waking up their younger sibling if that's what they're doing. If it's just they're being noisy, practice. Okay, let's practice that inside voice and that quiet voice and make it a game. How quickly can you get into bed being so very quiet? Let's pretend we're little fairies and, you know, things like that. They thrive on that stuff. And then lots of praise, lots and lots of praise for doing a great job. So don't buy into the negativity of what the five-year-old may be displaying, but praise and, again, make it, you know, take back some of that control on what they're doing and negotiate with them, talk to them. They're old enough to understand what's going on. Brilliant. Okay, I think we've got time for one last question. This is from Diane on our Facebook Live. She says, my three-year-old sleeps in a room with our five-year-old but comes into our room every night to sleep with us. He gets really mad if we try to get him out of bed and back into his own bed. But now we have a six-month-old who's sleeping in a crib in our room, so we just give in to keep him quiet. What can we do to get our three-year-old back in his own bed without a lot of drama? Tricky, isn't it? Yeah, again, you know, that younger sibling coming into the household. You know, if, if that's working for you with your family, with your little three-year-old being in bed with you, that's okay. If it's not, then, yes, yeah, certainly we need to look at changes. And it's you need to choose when you're ready to do this because you need to be consistent with it. He's three. He needs that consistency. So it's about taking him back, you know, taking him back, taking him back, taking him back and being safe and secure. He's going to push those boundaries and he's going to keep coming back, keep coming back because he's been allowed to get into the bed. But if you don't want that anymore, then you need to take that control and keep taking him back, taking him back and praising, praise, praise, praise. The six-month-old may get disturbed, but it might only be for a very short period of time to get this new routine happening. So choose your moments on when you're strong enough, you feel that you're ready and that you can follow through with what you set out to do and set small goals. So it might be initially you taking back the first night once or twice and then extend on that until you're doing it consistently if you're not strong enough to follow through with that. Thanks everyone for joining us and Leonie Clements. Thank you for your time today. If you have a question for our experts, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au, join our weekly live helpline or leave a question in our Facebook helpline group. And if Leonie is the lady you want to chat to, you can book a one-on-one private session with her through the Parent School Portal on Babyology. Just check out the notes in this episode for links. Next week, we're looking at speech development with Sonia Bestulik, a speech therapist. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you then. 
Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.